0: You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer, a
1: weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we will continue with part two of Hormones in Teenagers.
1: Ashley, I tell you, when my son started sixth grade, he was in football
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we had a parent rotation on the football practice pickup. So you would put like five or six boys in your car and take them <laughs> home after practice. I know where and this I is had, going. I had Fridays. <laughs> I had Fridays. And I'll tell you why I remembered it. Because Charlie and I would play rock, paper, scissors on who was going to pick up those boys.
2: Just <laughs> because the, the car smelled like
1: nothing you've ever smelled before.
2: It's it alucin. was
1: unbelievable. Yep. These sixth grade boys, football practice, all their gear. I mean, you would gag just to think about it before they even got <laughs> in the car. <laughs> so boys have their own share of trials and tribulations in the teen years that involve their hormones. Dr. Ken, what is going on with these boys? Tell us from a male perspective.
2: <laughs> you know, I think it's it's fascinating. So we've talked about that hormones and the changes that happen in teenagers need to kind of be embraced in two ways. One, about this is part of your adulthood and therefore it's something to celebrate but the other part is this is part of your uh, woman-ness and in this case this is part of your becoming a man and and I got to say that testosterone is a increasingly misunderstood hormone uh, especially in a culture that I think doesn't really know what to do with man with maleness there's tends to be quite a bit now uh, concern about toxicity in males, which really comes down to anything that is aggressive or uh, overly sexual uh, in a in a kind of just non relational way, and and I think I've talked with a lot of boys that are very self conscious about this and therefore kind of don't understand uh, what's happening. So testosterone is the bigger thing you're talking about. I mean, there's like. 10 times the amount of testosterone in a boy that's in a girl. And yes, both boys and girls have testosterone. And we're in a culture that loves to talk about how it's the same. They both have the same Uh, 10 times more. It's way different. So when we talk about girls misreading the perception of how their bodies are being kind of looked at or responded to, boys have a similar thing in that testosterone really increases your aggression and it absolutely increases the the look of your body that can be more intimidating to people than boys know. I have quite a number of six foot tall teenage boys that that really don't recognize that, you know, dude, I think you're scaring your mother. What are you talking about? She's telling me, no, you're you're big, and you need to be aware that you can be kind of intimidating to the adults around you. And your aggression has an effect on people and so forth. So there's a a number of things that kind of have to be addressed as the male part. This is you're not becoming just an adult. You're becoming a man and how to address and to handle the kind of aggression, the strength, the um, energy level that kind of comes with this can be uh, just as much of a wild ride for boys as girls have with their own stuff.
1: Mm hmm. So how do we teach our sons to kind of master or control some of this rage and uh, frustration and anger that might be outburst during this time?
2: Well, I think, first of all, similar to what we said with girls, I think women, uh, moms are always, virtually always, very involved with their sons. And I think it's important for mothers to really learn about this, because uh, much of what seems like Maybe poor socialization is actually uh, a big effect of uh, testosterone. Uh, One of my favorite – we've talked about this – one of my favorite descriptions of testosterone is found in the podcast or the radio show called This American Life. And a long time ago, they did this episode called Testosterone, and it just covers – this show has sort of different acts, so it's in three acts. So the second act of this show is an interview – with uh, uh, someone named Griffin Hansbury, who was born a woman, a girl, and uh, transitioned to being a man. And uh, that involved massive doses of testosterone. What's a unique aspect of that interview is that you actually hear a woman uh, describe what happens when she then is ingested or, in, you know, injected with testosterone. And it's her description of this experience that i think is kind of unique and it, i think it's helpful for women to hear that uh, i know you guys listened to that did you did you see mm-hmm. hear what i heard
1: oh it was fascinating and it, you know just the idea that i i think um they talked about how it was a force that they could not control it was something telling them to do something that they did not want to do it just felt like it was too much to handle sometimes
2: And I think that's important for women to understand that it is not um, simply again, you know, testosterone does not make men go crazy, uh, Mm -hmm. but it is an influencer. It's a volume up in both aggressive kind of thoughts as well as uh, very straightforward, non-relational sexual thoughts Mm -hmm. that really do need to be uh, managed and kind of help a boy to understand what this is. So I definitely think, uh, where at all possible and in our culture, it's not always possible. A man needs to be talking to a, a teenage boy about this. And, and in the same way, non lectury describing what maybe he remembers about his own adolescence, uh, but definitely celebrating that this is part of your being a man and helping, uh, this kid to come to uh better ways of dealing with his aggressive impulses uh boys uh, really wanna punch stuff mm-hmm. and uh walls often take the brunt of that and uh you don't need to have holes in your wall uh, it, it is better that he learn that uh you need to uh back off when you feel that intense you may scare the people around you especially a girl and why don't you take a run around the block uh, I've had more than one teenage guy benefit from a punching bag in the garage. Always get the gloves with it, uh, the not the big ones, but the ones because you don't want to wreck your hands on the canvas. But ways of dealing with a real intense aggression. You can definitely hear it when they're t- playing Call of Duty or one of those games with headphones on. Uh, it can be scary, the maniacal things that come out of these boys' mouth uh, that they need to kind of um, – again, it doesn't mean my son is crazy. Uh, it does mean, however, that, wow, the, he really needs to be aware of the effect that these hormones are having on himself and how that's affecting the people around him.
0: You know, in last week's episode, I had mentioned how my husband was kind of wide-eyed after one of our daughter's emotional outbursts. And, right now today as we're talking about boys that's kind of me I'm kind of the wide-eyed one um wondering what is going on? Is this Mm. normal? Is this okay? Um, so Dr. Ken, I want to talk to you about the physical changes, you know, as, as boys go through puberty, you know, they start getting hair on their face and under their arms and their voice starts changing and, and people will make comments because it's so noticeable that either their voice is squeaky or it's gotten so much deeper. Um, is that something we should talk about, joke about, or maybe not discuss at all?
2: Oh, I definitely think you should talk about it. The trick is finding a way to talk about it, um, because as you can guess, they're very self-conscious about it. And that's an example of, again, where a boy is going to assume that that is uh, very uh, shameful. You know, boys want to jump straight to adult strong man. They're super self-conscious about the change part, and status is a really big deal to boys. So, uh, I think you can there's nothing wrong with uh, joking about it if that helps him to cut the tension about it. but if it in fact uh, he receives it as a criticism and kind of making fun of him, then that's never a good idea the so it would be again part of what you would talk about uh, in hopefully a father being able to talk about you know, I noticed yesterday you stopped talking after your third cracked voice, dude I, I know that's tough, but you know i I think it's going to be important for you, uh, as you get older. And that's just, it's not going to last that much longer. Kind of reassurances mm-hmm. about those things.
1: So how do teenage hormones change our son's sexual behaviors and thoughts?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, it makes them want to have sex. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, when it's, if I gave a more complicated description when it comes to girls. It's different. But, uh, very different. Always want to have sex. The, and, and, It's important to discuss that with both boys and girls because um, uh, the sexual desire uh, – again, a male sexual desire is very different from female, and I don't care what you keep hearing out there today. That's the biggest ridiculous confusion ever, that while women really do – long for a connected and intimate sexual, uh, interaction, men, uh, as you learned from that, uh, this American life thing, it can be surprising how non-relational it can be. And, and very, you know, I guess sort of the visual is like a medical film, just the act itself. And it's, it, it's not good. It is something that he needs real, uh, he needs to know that that is there and, and, and someone to go alongside him to help him to, uh, Except, uh, or at least plan on how are you going to deal with this because a lot of more and more our young men don't really want to admit that they have that and they're really trying to see themselves as not that and i think it's kind of a losing battle it is more a matter of how do you manage it for example historically marriage has always been seen as an important way to tame men to kind of socialize them and make them, uh, you know, acceptable to society because without that, they, they really do have desires that are not good for culture and for the women and all that sort of stuff. So really helping men to recognize that this is a desire that, uh, you're going to uh, be holding on carefully until your wife shows up and how you do that. Secondly, a man needs to be taught that when you're dating or whatever, you need to take care of the girl that you're dating. And I don't care how that sounds to a kind of third wave feminist. It means uh, that his desires will not be the same as hers. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, maybe we can someday we'll put it up somewhere on a website. But uh, my kids will definitely hesitate to tell you about dad's uh well it's actually dr wilgus how far is too far graph and i have this whole <laughs> yes i do and it's this whole thing about uh you know basically inter intimacy physical intimacy from the most uh, mundane like holding hands all the way down to uh, intercourse and then the other uh, line on the graph is time and essentially there's a big difference in how men and women respond physically. Essentially, women can be uh, more and more intimate that that still is basically extended intimacy. But men uh, can really very early in the intimacy line, they've crossed over from what feels like more intimacy to really what feels like foreplay, preparing for intercourse. And those are not the same thing. and many, Many times, uh, women who don't know that and men who don't know that uh, get mixed up in. I thought we were just being more and more affectionate, when in fact it's not. It doesn't make him a monster, but he is not actually going to uh, enjoy, you know, lots of more maybe close off messing around. It, he is prepared to have sex, so he needs to kind of know how to manage that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good, and it's important that we. Understand and can, in the best way possible, talk to our kids about it. It's an awkward conversation and one that, you know, particularly as a mom, I'm I'm gonna avoid that and just send that yeah, right. Yeah. Send my I husband think, right into the room think on you that, wanna that
2: send, You want to send your husband in there, and if you don't have a husband, yeah. you want to send a close family member. Uh, and, and at the very least, there's got to be some male youth worker at your church. With these, I, you know, these are professional cool guys, and we need them to come in and be able to say it's, you know, it's one of the reasons why pornography is such an important thing for young men to understand that the effect this has on you is profound, especially in these early days of you feeling these rushes of hormones. That when you start connecting these things to your visual Basically what you want to see instead of learning how to serve eventually your wife and whoever she is rather than filling your mind with what you think it ought to be. Those are huge discussions to have that, again, gets back to this is part of your becoming a man, and that's a thing to celebrate, uh, not to feel bad about, but it is also something to manage uh, and not try to see yourself, as so many of our young men now are trying to do, as a kind of – feminized man, like I, I'm not too sexual. I Yeah, they are. I mean, it's just uh, having to be kind of pushed down deeper and deeper.
1: And I think it's important too, and you've kind of mentioned this, that our daughters understand what these Boys are going through, these teenage boys are going through. I think it's important that we explain to our daughters their perspective and what the boys are experiencing right now. And true. for dads to explain yes. that to their daughters and say, Hun, you may not understand this, but this is what this boy is thinking right now. That's
2: exactly right. And in a gentle way that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't really scare her like that, you know, the speech that sounds like men are uh, boys are all animals. It, yeah. it's that's not true. But there is an aspect they need to understand. I think you're Just exactly be- right.
1: Right to be understanding of what they're going through. So let me ask you a question. My insurance thinks that uh, my car insurance thinks that my son is very risky because <laughs> his insurance is <laughs> way more than a daughter's insurance. Mm-hmm. Explain this to me. And is it related to hormone? Are they are they different because they have different hormones?
2: Well, you know that's a really great point. I always find it <laughs> fascinating that insurance companies can get away with in our culture that like you can't discriminate. Uh, how do they do this? Well, yeah, it's data. They have actuarial tables. They don't have to describe why. Uh, yeah, I do think hormones play a role in it for sure that men are boys are aggressive. Uh, they're much more, they enjoy risky stuff. Hormones play a big role in that, but all an insurance company has to say is we here, let me show you this graph. Uh, I don't know why I don't know. Uh, I don't need to tell you why I can just tell you, <laughs> The rate of accidents for these boys is way higher and then they can get away with that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it does contribute to that for sure and is part of, again, not trying to uh, accidentally teach this boy that your aggressive impulse is something uh, weird and crazy and wrong with you. It is. Yeah, that's part of how this life is going to be and part of you becoming a man and you need to learn how to manage it and control it. And Mm -hmm. that's a much better approach, again, rather than, again, I worry that we're in a culture that actually is just trying to look the other way and hope that real uh, intense maleness just kind of goes away.
0: Dr. Ken, do hormones affect boys' ability to communicate?
2: That's a good question. um, I'm going to say I don't really know the answer to that. I do know that in general... Hormones may play a role in a girl's ability to use words better than boys, but that gets more into brain development and some of the differences in male and female uh, brains. So indirectly, yes, but I certainly wouldn't say that increase in testosterone is why boys can't put words to what they're doing. Uh, it's it, it ju- it's part of the general development that that both boys and girls have. Uh, And, you know, again, in a general way, not all girls are good at it and some boys are great at it, but there is that difference. So I think indirectly, yes, Uh, it's certainly, as you can think about it, if uh, the hormonal changes in girls uh, does in general cause them to want to connect more, uh, it's part of who they are. Well, then words are definitely a part of that for boys, testosterone and just the general maleness tends to be much more about instrumental behavior. What are we going to do? Am I effective? Am I athletic and capable? All that stuff. And words are not as big a part of that. Uh, and so it's not as needed, if you will, for that general goal.
1: Wow. This has been a great episode. I've enjoyed talking about girls in our part one of the series and now a little more focus on the boys in part two of our series this has been informative and I've learned a lot about hormones and my teenagers and how to manage that in my home and how to give them grace when needed, but also have high expectations of them being able to learn to manage this better as they get better with this. So thank you guys both for being here today,
0: talking with me about it. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at feeding
1: We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at